Thank you. As Pastor Howard said, you need to get your Bible ready because we are going to go through the scriptures. But I promise I will not read all the scriptures. <laughs> but get your pen ready and paper so that you can write it down and just do exactly what the Berean church, what they did. They went back home and they searched the scriptures. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we thank you. Thank you for your presence in this place. Thank you for your grace and glory that is already available to us. And right now, we take control of the atmosphere. And we bring to obedience every high thing that tries to exalt itself against your wisdom and your knowledge in this place. Every critical spirit, we bind you and we cast you out right now in Jesus' name. We welcome you, O oh God. Do that which only you can do. We receive freedom and liberty to speak your word and to hear your word. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. So I'm going to talk, as you've heard, about the power of faith. Several weeks back, a lady in our group just asked a very important question. She said, why is it that we are not seeing the kind of miracles that we read in the Bible anymore? And we had a long discussion over it. And what we arrived at is that the level of faith that they had at that time, if we have it now, we still be seeing it. And there are places in the world today where they are still experiencing the kind of miracle that the Bible lists happen in the time of Jesus Christ. And I believe after today, by the grace of God, our level of faith will rise and we begin to see things that we've never seen before. In Jesus' name, amen. The first scripture that I want us to look at is Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 4. And this scripture is so important to what we are going to talk about today. It says, behold, the proud, his soul is not upright in him. But the just shall live by faith. Another translation says, the righteous shall live by faith. And while we were searching scriptures, we find out that this exact scripture was repeated three more times in the New Testament. When God is repeating himself, it's because he's trying to put emphasis. Verily, verily, I say unto you. So if you look at Romans chapter 1, verse 17, you will find the same scripture word for word. The righteous shall live by faith. Hebrew 10, 38, exactly the same scripture. The righteous shall live by faith. Galatians 3, 11, the righteous shall live by faith. God does not waste words. Why is he repeating himself? It's because it's the most important aspect of our life. You can't live any other way. The righteous can only live by faith. Then you may ask the question, who is righteous? We understand God the Father is righteous. Jesus Christ is described as the righteous one. But the Bible also says that I am righteous. And it says that you are righteous. 
Righteousness is nothing you can obtain by yourself. You can't do anything to get it. The Bible says that God made him that had no sin, had no sin to be seen for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God in Christ. You have become. You are not going to become. Um, Romans 5.17 also says that righteousness is a gift. It says we have received abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness that we may reign as kings on this earth. The gift of righteousness means it's a definite article. You cannot be more righteous than you are yesterday, today. Neither will you be able to be more righteous tomorrow. The righteousness of God is a gift for you. There is nothing we can do to add to it or to take away from it. Another statement that God makes and repeats himself again and again is found in the book of Revelation. To him who overcomes. I was looking at it. Jesus Christ keeps saying it and he's addressing the church. To him who overcomes. Revelation chapter 2 verse 7 says, He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. To him who overcomes, I will give to it from the tree of life, which is in the midst of the paradise of God. You find the same scripture repeated, the same statement, to him who overcomes, Revelation 2.11, you may want to write it down and check it out. Revelation 2.17, Revelation 2.26, Revelation 3.5, Revelation 3.21, Revelation 21.7. Why is he repeating himself? To him who overcomes. What are we overcoming? The Bible says Jesus Christ has overcome for us. He has overcome sin and death and the watch. The Bible says he made a public spectacle of the enemy, triumphing over them. And he said, all powers in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. And he delegated that power to, to us. He said, I have given you the power to tread upon serpent and upon scorpion and over all the powers of Satan, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We have that authority. But why is he asking us to overcome again? What he's asking us to overcome for is our faith. The only fight that you have, that I have to fight now, is what the Bible describes as the fight of faith. Apostle Paul was addressing Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 12. He said, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life. There are three cardinal gifts in the scripture. The gift of the Holy Spirit, the gift of righteousness, and the gift of eternal life. Paul is asking Timothy here, lay hold of eternal life, the life of God. Don't wait until by and by before you start living the life of God. He's expecting us to start living it now. But you need to fight the fight of faith to lay hold of that eternal life. Lay hold of eternal life. The Zohe, the life of God. Fight the good fight of faith. In um, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 to 19. He's emphasizing the same scripture that what Timothy needs to do is to fight 
the good fight of faith. So the big question is, what is the good fight of faith? What is the fight of faith? If you have your pen, just write it down. The fight of faith is the conflict between our earthly, transient, and temporal circumstances and the spiritual reality that you find in the Word of God. The Word of God says one thing, and what is happening around you, your life situation is like, okay, what's this word saying? This is where I am. This is what the Word of God is saying. The fight of faith is that fight that you fight to unleash your faith on the rebellious circumstance of time to compel a change. That's the fight of faith. And the Bible expects us to fight it. Things are happening in your life that are not palatable. There is no job. There is no money in your pocket. Jesus Christ said it has been made poor that we may become rich. But you are not rich. Your fight of faith is standing on the word of God despite your circumstance. Another way we can describe the fight of faith is the fight to stop us from shipwrecking our faith. Sister Grace brought a word at the, at the prayer meeting this morning about this. In First uh, Timothy chapter 1 verse 18 to 19. Some have shipwrecked faith because they could not fight. When Jesus Christ was going to get Simone, he called Peter. He says, Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. He said, but I have prayed for you. Go and check the scripture. He did not say, I have prayed for you that Satan may not sift you as wheat. That you may not go through what you are going through now. That you may not have trial and tribulation in your life. He said, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. It's all about your faith. That's what the devil is after. Jesus Christ gave another example for us to show us the importance of it. In Luke chapter 18, he was telling a, a parable about the importance of praying all the time. He said, men ought always to pray. He said there was a judge. This judge does not care about God, neither does he consider man. But a woman, a widow, was constantly troubling this judge. And the judge, this is what the judge said. He said, I will avenge her, lest by her, by her continuous coming she wearied me. And this is what Jesus Christ said. He said, then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall God not avenge his own elect, who cry out unto him day and night? Though he bears long with them, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. That's from verse 6 of um, Luke chapter 18. He said he will avenge them speedily. Now this is the one that I think the Lord is trying to call our attention to. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, because he's coming back, whether we believe it or not, he is coming back. He said, nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? It's a big question. Paul's testimony, when he was about to finish his uh, ministry, when he was about to go, he said in verse 7 of 2 Timothy chapter 4, he said, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. So that's the fight that he fought. 
He said, I have fought a good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. As you can see, it's all about our faith. That's the only fight we need to fight. So what is faith then? You might have heard people talking about interfaith, multi-faith, and what have you. What is the biblical definition of faith? They asked some believers, some, some, some who call themselves Christian, they asked them for their response, what do they think faith is? One says, faith is an intangible feeling that I have for my religion. Is that faith? Another one says, faith is a conviction which is unique to me. Another one says, faith is some kind of positive thinking. This is where we are now. And you are wondering why we are not seeing the, the, the miracles of the Bible. Another one said, I got faith through the church that I started going to. That's not faith according to the scripture. So what is faith according to the fixture, scripture? Hebrew 11.1. 1, I will quote it word for word. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things that is not seen. Faith is not the process. It's not how you go from believing God for a particular thing to getting your answer. That's not faith. Faith is the substance. It is the essence. It is the evidence that you have what you believe in God for. This is the biblical definition of faith. It is not a head belief. The Bible says the devil believes that there is a God and he trembles. Even the devil, if you think his head believes, has faith. Faith is being fully persuaded of the truths of the word of God. Your prevailing circumstance notwithstanding. That's faith. Faith looks beyond the physical realm into the realms of God, the realms of divinity. That's the biblical definition of faith. In 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 18, Apostle Paul said, we did not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, they are temporal. They are subject to change. That situation of your life is temporal. That sickness that you have at this moment or the symptoms that you are experiencing is temporal. The only thing that is eternal is the word of God. They are subject to change. Subject to change. In the world, they will say sin is believing. In, in, the, in the scripture, the faith that we believe in says believing is sin. If you don't believe, you will not see. Jesus Christ was told that uh, Lazarus was, was sick. And he decided to delay four days. For four days. That, to, to wait until the man was dead for four days. Before he decided to go to Bethany. When he got to Bethany, he was met on the way by Martha. And Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And Jesus Christ said, your brother will live. 
Martha said, oh, I know it will live in the by and by on the day of resurrection. Jesus Christ said, I, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He that believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Do you believe this? He said, yes, I believe you are the son of God. He doesn't believe that Jesus Christ can raise Lazarus. He said, I believe you are the son of God. And then he said, take me to the tomb where he slayed. And then when they were just approaching the tomb, he said, master, the same matter. He said, master, there is a stench now. So say, oh, this guy is smelling now. You can't go there. And Jesus Christ said, did I not tell you, if you believe, you will see the glory of God. You need to believe first before you begin to see the glory. We need to believe first before we begin to see those miraculous things that we read in the scripture. Said, did I not tell you if you believe? The word will say, I want to see it before I believe it. The Bible says you have to believe before you see it. So the next question is, how do we get faith? How do we get faith? Romans 10, 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. You get faith by focusing on the word of God, studying the word of God, reading the word of God, meditating on the word of God. You don't get faith any other way. And that's why if you have a church where what they are preaching is human wisdom and philosophy of man, that place will be dry. There will be no faith for healing. Well, if you go to a place where we are sharing the true word of God and people are having understanding of the word of God, faith must come. It is a must that faith must come. The Bible says the word of God is lamp unto our feet and light unto our path. The entrance of your word gives light. So when the word goes into your heart, it illuminates your heart and you are able to believe. If you don't have the word of God dwelling richly in you, you cannot have faith. There is no way. If you spend your time, all your time at work, and you spend your time watching Amazon Prime and Netflix like I sometimes do, we can't get faith. This is the truth. We can't get faith. And I'm teaching myself here. We can't get faith. Faith only comes by meditating on the word of God. Hearing it, reading it, speaking it. That's when faith comes. There is an app now called um, Bible IS. I listen to it in the toilet, while I am you know, in the shower, everywhere I listen to it. And it's, I'm imbibing the word of God into myself. And there is no way I will not have faith. There is no way because unless the word of God is a lie. So it said, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Joshua was about to enter into the promised land. God told him, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. You will meditate on it day and night. That's the only way you show yourself prosperous and have good success. That's the only way you'll be able to do the miraculous. That's the only thing you will be, the way you will be able to see the things that I promise you will see. The book of the law. 
we put it by the side. Some of us don't read the Bible in one week. And something happens to you and you expect to have faith. No, you will reach for something else first because there will be no faith. There will be no faith. Now, the Bible also speaks of levels of faith. Levels of faith. We have no faith, little faith, small faith, great faith, strong faith, and weak faith. What you experience is according to your level. We may not be seeing this miraculous here. People are seeing it in the world. You just need to read some of the testimony that comes from Africa and South America. No faith. The Bible says that Jesus Christ went to um, Nazareth and he was so surprised that these people there had no faith. And the Bible says Jesus Christ could not do any miracle there. Go and check it. Mark chapter 6. Jesus could not do any mighty miracles, the Bible says. And he marvels at your unbelief. This is the Lord Jesus Christ. He could not do any miracle there because they had no faith. And what did they start doing? The Bible says, then he went about the villages in a circuit, teaching. You teach the world where there is no faith. And that's the example of Jesus Christ. He went in a circuit around the area, teaching them because he knows the only way they can have faith for him to be able to do the miraculous amongst them is only by them having the word of God in them. He went about teaching them. So that's no faith. They had no faith. Then Jesus Christ speaks of little faith as well. Little faith is ineffective faith. Ineffective faith. Jesus Christ went to the Mount of Transfiguration and they brought an epileptic child to the parents, um, to, the, to the disciples. And they couldn't do anything for that child. And when Jesus Christ came, he just spoke the word and the demon left the child. And the Bible says in um, Matthew chapter 17, verse 19, it says, Then the disciple came to Jesus in private and asked, Why couldn't we drive this out? And Jesus Christ says in verse 20, Because you have so little faith. So little faith. This is the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. Little faith is also a doubting faith. Doubts the situation. In Matthew chapter 14, uh, verse 31, the Bible describes a situation where Peter saw Jesus Christ walking on the sea. And Peter said, Lord, if it is you, bid me come. And Jesus Christ said, come. And he stepped on the water. He started walking. And this is what the Bible says. He saw the wind boisterous and he panicked. And he panicked. And this is what Jesus Christ said to him. He said, he said um, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? Why do you doubt? Little faith doubts the word of God. Jesus spoke, come, bid me come. Jesus Christ said, come. And then he looked at his environment. He looked at his situation. He looked at the circumstances of his life. And then he started doubting the word of God. And Jesus Christ said, O ye of little faith, why do you doubt? Also, little faith is always fearful. 
Little faith is fearful. Jesus Christ was in the same boat as his disciple. Matthew chapter 28. Go read it. We, we don't have the time for me to, to start reading all this scripture. And that's why I'm picking them out for us. In Matthew chapter 8, verse, uh, verse 26. Jesus Christ was in the same boat as the disciple. He was sleeping, the Bible said. We believe that Jesus Christ is with us now, don't we? He said, I will never leave you, neither will I forsake you. And now he doesn't sleep. The Bible says he does not sleep nor slumber anymore. So if you believe that he's with you and he's not sleeping, why should we be afraid? Okay? So Jesus Christ was with them. And the Bible says there arose a great tempest in the sea. To the extent that the, sh I mean, the, the waves was trying to go into their ship, and they panic, they cry aloud, "Don't you bother if we perish?" That's what they told Jesus Christ. Do you know, do you not mind if we perish? And this is the reply of the Lord: "Why are you so fearful, O ye of little faith?" So little faith is ineffective faith. Little faith is a doubting faith. Little faith is a fearful faith. Then let's talk about small faith. Small faith. Matthew chapter 17. You can go and read it. Jesus Christ said, Truly I tell you, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, Move here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Small faith. Mustard seed is possibly the smallest seed. And Jesus Christ is saying here that if your faith is as small as a mustard seed, you can do anything for God. You can do the impossible for God. Small faith. Romans chapter 12, verse 3 says, God has debt to every believer the measure of faith. Your mustard seed faith, you have already got it. You have it. He said, God has dealt to every believer the measure of faith. Definite article. The measure of faith. What you need, your mustard faith is already given to you. What are you doing with it? You need to grow it. You need to develop it. You need to strengthen it. That's what God is waiting for. And you develop it by the word of God, as we have rightly said. And you develop it by making use of your faith. Some of, them, some of us have not laid hand on any sick person in the last one year, not to talk of, you know, in the last month or in the last day. But Jesus Christ said, this sign shall follow those that believe in me. In my name, they shall lay their hand on the sick. He didn't even say they shall pray on the sick or for the sick. He said, in my name, they shall lay their hand on the sick and they shall recover. Why are we not bold enough and use our faith? Just lay your hand on that person. Believe for, that, for the healing of that person and lay your hand on that person. That's how we move from that mustard seed faith that is able to do things according to the scripture to the great faiths that we are expecting and waiting for. I don't have enough time to go to do enough ju ju judgment, I mean justice to that. Let's move on to the next um, uh, description of faith. So the Bible talks about weak faith and strong faith. Weak faith and strong faith. Weak faith 
considers the circumstance of, the, of, of his or her life and is staggers at the word of God. But strong faith is the opposite. The reference scriptures is Romans chapter 4 and from verse 19. If you read it, the Bible says, And Abraham, not being weak in faith, he considered not his own body, which is now dead, nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. They were 100, um, Abraham was at least 100 years of age at that time when God told him he was going to have a child. But he believed God. The Bible says he considered not. Neither does he stagger at the promise of God. He said he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. He was strong in faith, giving glory to God. So that means whatsoever you are going through, don't look at that situation. They are all temporal. In fact, the Bible calls them vain imagination. They are temporal. What the enemy is after is your faith. Consider not, stagger not at the word of God. That gives you this strong faith that the Bible is talking about. Strong faith. Now let's move to the next level. Great faith, which is the last one I'm going to talk about. Great faith. You find that in the scripture, great faith was described in relation to foreigners to Israel. The two people that the Bible mentioned great faith about them, they were not citizens of Israel. The first one was the Roman centurion. He wanted the servants to be healed and he went to Christ and said, just say the word, Lord. I'm also a man under authority. I say to this one, do this. I say to that one, do that. And they do it. Just say the word. And this is the response of the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I have not seen, I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. I have not found so great a faith. No, not in Israel. That man had great faith. And Jesus Christ did not have to go to where the servant was. The man was healed instantly. The second area where great faith was described is about this Canaanite woman who wanted her daughter healed and came to Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, look, I'm not going to give the food to dogs because he believed he was sent to Israel. And this woman said, even the dogs, they eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. And Jesus Christ said, I have not seen so great a faith. No, not in Israel. O woman, great is thy faith. So you have no faith, little faith, small faith, weak faith, strong faith, great faith. And you are wondering why we are not seeing things in this place. It is the level of our faith. It is the level of faith. It's all about the level of faith. So let's quickly talk about the characteristic of faith. I still have some time. Characteristic of faith. One, faith is feasible. Faith is palpable. Faith will always catch God's attention. The Bible says without faith, it is impossible to please God. When the paralytic man was lowered down, they created a hole in the roof and lowered this man down. This is what Jesus Christ said. 
I mean, this is what the Bible says about it. The Bible says, when Jesus Christ saw their faith, he actually saw their faith. Does that mean your faith can be feasible? People can see your faith. Also, faith is palpable. You've heard about the woman with the issue of blood here today. She said, if I can only but touch the hem of his garment, I shall be made whole. So she pressed through the crowd. She touched the hem of Jesus Christ's garment, and instantly she was healed. And Jesus Christ said, who touched me? Faith is palpable. And faith will always catch God's attention. The second characteristic of faith is that faith is a mystery of the kingdom of God. It is not a head knowledge. It is not something that, okay, you can say, oh, it's positive confession. Just say it, grab it, say it, and grab it. No. Faith is a mystery. There's no one that can say, I understand it fully. It is the mystery of the kingdom of God. First Timothy chapter 3, verse 9 says, holding the mystery of faith with a pure conscience. That tells me it's a mystery. And I will keep believing until I see his face. Faith is a spiritual force for victory. 1 Corinthians 2, 4 to 5. In fact, it is the most important weapon of warfare. In Ephesians 6, 16, the Bible says, Above all, put on the shield of faith that you may be able to quench all the fiery deaths that's of the enemy. It is a spiritual force. Faith is the master key to a world of unlimited possibilities. All things are possible to him that believes. He said, with God, all things are possible. But the scripture says, all things are possible to him that believes. Faith puts you in the realms of divinity. Jesus Christ said, He that believe on me, the work that I do shall he do. Even greater work than this shall he do. Every situation is reversible by faith. No matter how, how dead the deadness is. Lazarus was dead for four days. The man was thinking there was a stench. Faith raised him up. Did I not tell you if you have faith, you will see the glory of God. So what are the hindrances to faith? One, a lack of understanding of God's words. We have belabored that today. You cannot get faith if you don't have the word of God dwelling richly in you. Your faith cannot be stronger than your confession of the word of God and the amount of the word that you have in you. A lack of understanding of how to act on God's words as well. You may have the word, but you fail to act appropriately on the word of God. Peter was trying to catch fish. He struggled all night. He couldn't find anything. And then Jesus Christ appeared on the scene in the morning. Jesus Christ said, just launch your net to the right side of the boat. He didn't say, I'm a fisherman, you are not a fisherman. He didn't say, oh, Lord, we have been doing this, we have been doing that. He said, at your word. At your word. And he launched his net, and the Bible records that he caught so much fear that the net begins to break. At your word. 
a lack of a lack of the knowledge of your redemption and redemptive right. That's number three. A lack of your of the knowledge of your redemption, redemption and redemptive right may make your faith to be limited. Second Corinthians five seventeen said, "If any man be in Christ, is a new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new." You are new if you are a born-again Christian. The Bible says you are royal. You are a peculiar person. You are a holy person. You are a king. You are a priest. You are a minister. If you have that at the back of your mind, you will be able to stand in faith, whatever the situation is. Kings make decrees. And they stand believing that that decree must come to pass. A lack of understanding of righteousness. We have spoken about righteousness here today. If you don't believe you are righteous, you will not have faith. Your faith will be ended. The Bible says the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man has tremendous power. Has tremendous power. So if you don't believe that you are righteous, how can you believe that your prayer will be powerful and effective? So a lack of understanding of righteousness will deny you of your ability to have faith. Now, the last one, number five, a lack of understanding of our legal right to use the name of Jesus Christ. We have sung songs about the name today, but many of us don't really realize how, how important that name is. That name has been given to the church to use as a weapon. It is not the name that he was being called when he was walking the streets of Jerusalem. It's not. Maybe you don't understand that. This is the name that was conferred on him after his resurrection. The Bible says in Philippians 2, it said, He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death on the cross. So God has highly exalted him and given me a name that is above every name. That name is special. That name is a weapon. At the gate beautiful, Peter and John, they told the crippled man, they said, silver and gold have we none. But what we have, what did they have? The name. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise out and walk. If you don't understand that name and the importance of that name in your life, your faith will be limited. Your faith will be limited. So, let me just round up. We have established here today that the just shall live by faith. Every believer needs to fight the good fight of faith. Faith believes what it does not understand. Faith persists when it does not feel like it. If you look at the world, you will be distressed. If you look within yourself, you are likely to be depressed. But if you look at God, you will be at rest. Our faith is the most precious commodity that the devil is after. The devil is not after your money. The devil is not after your, your job. The devil is not after your health. He's not after all these things. He's not after your son or your daughter. 
the devil is after your faith because he knows if he's able to steal your faith, that's it. That's it for you. Jesus Christ said, I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. We must be ready to continually fight for, nurture, preserve, and grow our faith. Our ultimate goal should be that when it is all said and done, we'll be able to say and declare like Paul, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. There is no other way to peace. The just shall live by faith. Let us pray. The first prayer we are going to pray is the one that we always pray in this place. And we pray this so that whosoever is amongst us that cannot categorically say that they belong to this Jesus Christ that we are talking about, they have an opportunity to join the club. It is a club that will take you to places that you never dreamed about. I was a Muslim. I, didn't, I had no clue what it was all about. But a day came when I decided to declare openly like this for Jesus Christ, and my life has never been the same again. This may be your day. This may be your time. You can then boldly say, after you've done it, that I'm a righteous man, I'm a righteous woman. So we are going to pray this prayer, and if you are praying it for the first time, just signify by raising your hand, and somebody will bring um, a pack to you and just pray with you. So let's, let's pray now. Thank you, God, for loving me before I ever loved you. Thank you, Jesus, for dying on the cross for me. Thank you that I can get connected to you now because you are alive today. I admit that I have lived my life without you and I've messed up. I ask for your total forgiveness and I commit myself to you. Help me to submit my life to your teaching and direction from now on. I receive you into my life and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit. Amen. While all heads bow and eyes close, I just want to know if you are here and you are reading or praying this prayer for the first time. If you just signify by raising up your hand and somebody will just bring a pack to you. If that's you, that's one. Thank you for that. Thank you. Is there anyone else? No. Thank you. Now, if you, if you have a situation that you want somebody to agree in faith with you here today, there will be prayer people at the front Please come, I'll be there as well, and I can agree with you in faith for that situation to be resolved. The Bible says, 
with faith, nothing shall be impossible. We are waiting for God. God is waiting on us. If you believe, nothing shall be impossible. So let's set things in order today. Let's get some freedom in the spirit and set people free today in Jesus' name. So let's just pray a final prayer. Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for your truth. You said the word that you given to us, they are pure word, a silver that is tried in the furnace of fire, that is purified seven times. He said, your word will not return to you void, but it shall accomplish the purpose for which you have sent it. Lord, the word that has been received in this place today, let it accomplish that purpose in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Liberate life, set people free, let them understand and know who we are in Christ Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father Love, for silencing the mouth of the avenger and quieting all the lies of Satan that said we cannot, we will not, we, we, we may not. Thank you, Holy Spirit divine. Thank you, Father. Faith level will increase in this place, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We will operate in faith in this church in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And the glory and honor, O oh God, the testimony that shall abound through this, we come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.